you're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and with Chris, we're back assessing the impact of last week's episode featuring Thomas Fusco. And it's interesting how you look at listener reactions to a show. Some people love what he said. Some people said, you know what? This guy's just an amateur, and maybe he doesn't have much to support what he says. Interesting collection of viewpoints. Takes all kinds. In fact, one guy said, this is just an example of somebody who didn't like what he had to say. This guy's science is so bad, it was hard not to laugh. He really needs a formal education. To get on a radio show and spout utter nonsense as science speaks to his ignorance. Except for one thing, of course, he doesn't provide a single example of where this guy's science was so bad. Well, I think he was kind of cutting to the chase a little bit and wasn't fully explaining, I think, some of his concepts and ideas. It's difficult to get on a two-hour, three-hour radio show and explain all the mysteries of the universe in such a way that you're not going to be talking down or up to people, but trying to talk to everyone. So, you know, I mean, he he seems very, very endearing and very, he's very upbeat. He's a really nice guy. I had a good time uh, chatting with him in Minnesota at the Paradigm Symposium. So, you know, it's refreshing to get somebody who's looking at this bewildering array of subjects in a, a new and kind of open, sort of fresh way. So, I mean, the guy's the guy's given it, uh, you know, his best shot. It's a lot more than some people are attempting to do. Got a lot of armchair quarterbacks out there who seem to think that they uh, they know better than everyone. And um, nobody in, in particular that I'm referring to, but I've noticed uh, in the years that I've been in this field, there's a lot of people that, that seem to really uh, think that their opinion is worth something. Um, you know, we all have opinions and of course everyone is entitled to one but at least uh, thomas is getting out there and he's really attempting to share some of his ideas and um and move forward and and get the word out instead of sitting at home uh twiddling his thumbs or <laughs> whatever so you have to you have to at least you know give him a nod for that and um i just you know i enjoy talking with him and i think he does need to maybe flesh out some of his ideas a little bit and possibly dive into some more heavy duty science instead of kind of referring to things uh, in passing. <laughs> you know, one of the things of course that he doesn't want to do is tell you about his background. And the assumption one makes therefore is that he doesn't have an educational background in the fields that he studies, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Because a lot of times, as he suggests, if you study a specific field, you have a bit of tunnel vision there. You only know what happens in your little corner of the world, and you don't look at the entire picture. There's too much specialization. We don't know. It would be nice if he gave us more of a hint about having a background. Though. You know, we don't want him to make up anything. And I guess with some people who are busy making up their credentials and implying that they are something other than what they are, I guess that could work against him unless he has, you know, five doctorates or something in every field that he covers. Yeah. 
Well, I, I for some reason I was under the impression he he was actually an educator uh, at some point that he had had taught in, as a teacher. I could be wrong in that regard, but in order to do that, I would think that you would need at least some some form of um, degree. So the guy is very well spoken. You know, he he doesn't uh, come across as as trying to be something that he's not, which is refreshing. He does There's not a lot pretend of- to be a know it all. No, he doesn't, and uh, and and he's very enthusiastic, which I like. I think a lot of people in this field tend to get a little bit long in the tooth, and you know, I <laughs> speaking from personal experience, you get involved in this field for twenty years or, or more, you you start to get a little jaded and and thin skinned, and uh, you know, it's hard to re- sort of maintain a a sense of freshness and a sense of open mindedness about your own work and your own thinking. So it's, it's good to see new people get involved in the field. Uh, this is not for everybody. And it's as, as, as we both know, we've seen plenty of people over the years go by the wayside because these subjects just burn you out. And uh, like this book <laughs> that I'm trying to get done, it's just, uh, it, it's just never ending. And if you let it uh, get to you, uh, it, it can really kind of put a damper on your day. So I can appreciate his his uh, enthusiasm at the very least. You know, one of the things you do see in this field is where people become so wedded to their belief system that when you do get evidence that indicates what they believe may not be correct, they are very unwilling to change. You know, they yeah. go out on the lecture circuit. They obviously make some income from that. And they have staked a lot on particular pieces of evidence. And if someday something comes around and says, no, it's not the case, they don't get up there, which I think they should, and say, you know what? I want to know the truth, and I've learned that this maybe was given too much credibility. I think a person would look better to be honest about it. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, yeah, there are plenty of examples I think that we, you know, raised over the over the years that kind of gives, you know, illustrate exactly what you're saying. Sometimes it's it's very difficult to become as you put it wedded to an idea, have that i that particular mode of thinking be called into question and possibly uh, evidence comes up that that really uh calls it into question. It's very difficult uh, at times to to admit that uh, possibly uh, you'd been barking up the wrong tree. I mean, the, the many examples spring to mind. Stanton Friedman, the MJ-12 documents. Uh, I think that's a big example. Yeah. And I think Stanton Friedman does really good work. He's very, very sincere. I don't see any evidence that he does anything that is ever less than honest. No. But he's no. just too wedded to MJ-12. Yeah. And I think at some point in time, he's got to go back and look over that situation and see what's really going on i don't know how long we can wait because you know he's not the youngest guy in the world and maybe this is it for him this is his point of view this is his presentation and let's let the next generation take over yeah that's his story and he's sticking to it (laughs) well i don't know the more i've checked this field out the more i find that you know maybe things are not what they seem no yeah, that's 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 uh, what I'm finding out. I mean, I'm been working my tail off here on this book on the cattle mutilation mystery, and the more I get into it, the more confusing it. it I actually 
feel that it's 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 so much more complicated than the average person with just a peripheral knowledge of the subject matter. Um, too many people, I think, have just automatically assumed that it's one answer or another, and you know all these different answers, none of them work to the exclusion of the others. So, you know, it's it's mind numbing territory, and you really have to uh, take a step back every now and then and reassess and. And unfortunately, I think people that are in this as a career uh, are unable to do that. And I've often said that anybody who, you know, this is their sole source of income is, uh, you know, lecturing about, you know, these these people that uh, these mysteries that we cover on the Paracast, uh, you, you just got to reassess sometimes. We're going to assess this next gentleman who works with Thomas Fusco, by the way. He's coming back for his second appearance on the Paracast. He's David Roundtree, and he's part of something called Spirit Lab, and he's a real audio engineer, has a real education, a real background, and he's got lots of insights to offer about spirit phenomena, EVP, lots more. He's also worked very closely with last week's guest, Thomas Fusco, so this is is going to be fascinating. David Roundtree, coming up next, you're in The Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Do you know how much the dollar has lost in its value against other currencies in the last 90 days? Ever think about how inflation will change your life, your savings, your retirement plans? Remember inflation in Zimbabwe, Argentina, the Weimar Republic? Put another way, who cares if your investments go up 10%, but you lose 40% of your purchasing power? Gold is the only monetary asset as no one else's liability. Gold still buys the same amount of stuff it always did. Gold does not require trust in a third party. You can possess it in your hand. You can take it with you. Gold is real money. Gold is honest money. My name is Daniel Larson from Midas Resources. To find out how you can protect your savings and roll over your IRA funds into precious metals accounts, please call me at 800-686-2237, extension 134. That's 800-686-2237, extension 134. 800-686-2237, extension 134. We travel so much, and having a fake TV, well, it gives added peace of mind. Burglars look for houses that appear to be easy targets, but fake TV can fool even professional burglars into thinking someone is home watching television. As a recent widow living alone, it gives me great peace of mind to set my fake TV near a window 
and know that passing motorists and pedestrians will think someone is home watching TV when I'm actually away from home. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet, just like a light on a timer. And they're so easy to use. You just plug them in and they're ready to go. Plus, they're so affordable that we have one upstairs and downstairs. Fake TV is only $34.95 and makes a great Christmas gift. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. Utopiasilver.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, on last week's episode with Thomas Fusco, he mentioned that he does a lot of work with a fellow named David Roundtree, who's got a whole bunch of credentials here such as AES, which is Audio Engineering Society, I hope I got that right, Director, Chief Science Advisor, Scientific Paranormal Investigative Research Information and Technology, which stands for SPIRIT. Okay? So he's a lab guy, and he does measurements and stuff, things we need in the paranormal field. David, as someone who has a real credential as an audio engineer, what led you to this corner of the world? Oh, my God. That's, that's a, a long and convoluted story. I started out as a kid. I had a, a, an experience where my grandfather came and said goodbye to me one night when I was seven years old. And, and um, I found out the next day he had died that night. Uh, so that kind of started me wandering. And then by the time I was eight years old, uh, my family moved to Florida. My next-door neighbor was a, a professor. And... Um, he had a library filled with books on every subject imaginable on the paranormal from the late 1800s to 1960s, which was the period that I was growing up in. So I read everything he had. And when I got older, I decided that I would gear my education towards learning disciplines and skills that would be usable to try to understand exactly what was going on in the paranormal because I was curious. Okay, so tell us the disciplines. Why audio, for example? Well, audio engineering was a byproduct of my my bachelor's degree, which was electrical engineering, and I'd specialized in audio and acoustic engineering to make a living. Uh, I spent uh, about 30 years uh, on the road doing live production work, uh, concerts, TV, you name it, dance companies, whatever paid I did. 
I also um, was a lighting director at the time and designed lighting systems as well. But um, did that and uh, eventually got a master's in it. Probably one of the top audio engineers on the East Coast uh, of the United States. Uh, so I have an actual day job career. But I also started to um, study quantum mechanics and physics and degreed in physics as well, working on a PhD in physics right now. So, All right. So, of course, we have or a few people in the paranormal field who tell us about all their great degrees, which certain, certainly do not exist. And right. you've heard of a few of those cases. That's correct. There's a lot of that out there. So where are you taking your PhD from? Well, I don't like to talk about my colleges because they have asked me not to uh, mention them on the air. But uh, I will say that I am a Gator alumni and let people take it from there. All right. Um, Currently, I live in New Jersey, and uh, I am studying at a university in New Jersey. Sounds like a place my brother might have gone to, but that's another story. (laughs) I've had actually people call my my alma maters and... um, harass them trying to get information on my academic background and stuff and uh, you know it's not cool when you're trying to further education to have that sort of thing happen and be associated with the paranormal uh, when you're in a science discipline so it's not the kind of thing I put out okay so how do we apply this your background in audio and engineering and lighting to the things that you study in the paranormal field well audio engineering was uh, something that i went into really because I, I enjoyed doing it. I, I understood it uh, and had a lot of fun working at it. But um, my primary focus of research in 1976 when I started, you know, researching the paranormal was an EVP. Back then it was called the rod of a voice. Um, the term EVP had not become a popular colloquialism at that time. Um, but I was under the impression that it was not sound, uh, basically from my uh, academic background, and so I, I wanted to prove what it really was. Um, and I wasn't able to prove what it was back in 1976, but I proved what it wasn't. And what I proved that it wasn't was sound. Um, and how I did that was by utilizing a bell jar and creating a vacuum on the microphone inside of it and was still able to record EVP. And as everybody knows, well, most everybody knows that uh, sound requires a medium to propagate. So without air in the jar, there's no medium. Therefore, there's no propagation of sound. So uh, consequently, we were able to prove that it wasn't sound, but we couldn't prove what I kind of thought it was because we didn't have the technology available back then to do that. Let's go into more of what it was. Well, it wasn't until early in the early 2000s, around 2001, where I actually had enough technology, software, uh, and equipment to where I could literally look for what I thought it was. Uh, I always was under the belief that EVP was caused by EMF in the audio spectrum. And uh, in order to prove that, I had to set up a series of, of tests where I would sample pure audio, which at the time we were using uh, laboratory measurement condenser microphones which will not pick up any kind of electromagnetic field. Um, Dynamic microphones, which do pick up electromagnetic fields through their voice coil, and uh, detection coils. And then I was able to run those through a software package that allowed me to look at um, 
up to 16 channels of independent information so that I could correlate background EMF to any EVP that was recorded through the dynamic microphones. And then I had a control audio signal, which was recorded by the condenser mics. So I was able to determine that by comparing these different inputs that the EMF was actually causing the EVP because I was getting the same waveform in the coils as I was getting in the dynamic microphones. But it's not sound in the way that we consider sound. It's not sound at all. Sound is mechanical energy. It's acoustical energy. EVP is electromagnetic energy. It's a completely different kind of energy altogether. For example, sound travels at roughly about 660 miles an hour at sea level, depending on the atmospheric conditions and the temperature. Um, EMF travels at the speed of light. So it's a completely different uh, type of energy. And the energy itself uh, is electromagnetic in nature uh, versus mechanical nature, which sound is the movement of air. It's literally, you have to have physical movement to push air. Having gone that far, have you been able to quantify this with scientific papers and evidence so independent people can go back and look it over and see what they think? Well, we don't have anything, you know, like a scientific paper written up about it, but we have several articles that show the correlation and uh, explain the actual techniques that we use so other people can, you know, reproduce it. But I'm not the only one that now has come to this conclusion since we made our announcement. There's been numerous other uh, groups that have confirmed that you know, EVP is, in fact, EMF. Well, um, uh, welcome to the show, David. This is Chris O'Brien here. Um, Hi, Chris. One of the things that I've found uh, that skeptics uh, often tout is that the cheaper the microphone or the handheld digital recorder, the more prevalent the EVPs tend to be. What you're describing would, would, um, would kind of fly in the face of that and, and suggest that there's something other than confabulation and bad circuitry at, at, you know, operating here? Well, there's two things that occur. One, people confuse artifacts with EVP. We have David Roundtree joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio. DreamHost.com slash radio. First case attack of the rockoids and it was a critically acclaimed success and now there is the coming of the protectors a former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the earth this is gripping science fiction of the classic kind attack of the rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? 
How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. My name's Bruno. I'm 52 years old. I've tried different protein powders over the years, and they've all tasted pretty bad. I tried One World Whey and found it to be delicious. After 10 weeks on One World Whey, my wife commented, you have more muscles and you're leaner than when you were 20 years old. My body has changed dramatically. I'm a cyclist. Normally, I'll ride two days on and take two days off. After being on One World Whey, I rode 10 days in a row in over 100-degree heat, and then I take another two servings of One World Whey, and then work out at the gym for another hour and a half. I just couldn't believe these results. My normal muscle tightness and soreness after working out are virtually gone. Don't take my word for it. One World Way comes in single servings. Just give it a try. For a health and taste sensation you'll love, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit oneworldway.com. That's oneworld, W-H-E-Y.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? There is no truth to the rumor that Chris O'Brien is a living EVP. Now, you were starting a long answer to a long question, David Roundtree. Right. Maybe pick up on that frame and let's see where we go with it. Yeah, they, you know, a lot of people use cheap recorders. They use these little um, Olympus recorders that are designed to be voice, like voice memo recorders. And they uh, claim that they get all these EVPs off of them. But, but the reality is on these things is that um, a lot of people hear artifacts. And then when they hear these artifacts due to a condition called pareidolia, which is our brain trying to make uh, order out of chaos, they start to hear things, and then uh, they call it like a Class C or a Class B EVP. At Spirit Lab, we have no classification. You either have an EVP or you don't. And um, how we test an EVP is we will blind 
send it to five people on our email list and tell them what do they hear. And if we get five similar answers back, then we consider it a legitimate EVP. Cheaper recorders and cheaper equipment are going to give you cheaper results. Um, if you don't use an external uh, microphone, any EVP you may get, it is because you are picking it up from the unshielded mic preamp in the device itself. We use a, a fairly decent recorder. We use a Tascam DR-07 as our minimum level recorder that we use. And we always use an external mixer, and we use uh, two Audax F4 microphones to do our EVP work. We also record two channels of condenser microphone uh, tracks as a control so that we can correlate between what is sound and what is actually EVP. The EVPs, when you compare the, the four waveforms, the EVPs will stick out in the dynamic uh, files, uh, and they're not present in the condenser files. So instead of having to sit there and listen to hours and hours of, of audio, you can visually scan through your files and locate your EVPs pretty quickly uh, by doing that. Yeah, that's pretty um, convenient. Well, it saves a lot of time, particularly yeah. when you've got five or six recorders and, you know, eight hours each of, of recorded material on them. Right. Yeah, I've done some work with Michael Esposito, who's based in Chicago. And over the years, he has, I think, in my estimation at least, um, with with a, a bit of a background in audio myself, he's he's really been able to capture some, some pretty compelling, uh, as they're described, Class A EVPs. Where have you found the most productive locations to get EVP? What is your methodology? And how do you determine where to go? You know, we, we, don't do, we don't do investigations. That's the first thing. We do research. They're, they're two different animals. We usually get called in by a investigative group to bring our equipment in and to run a detailed analysis of the location. Um, we use very little human interaction when we go in um, because our instrumentation detects human interaction. I mean, if we have a person go into the room while we're measuring in the room, and we measure many things besides EVP, we can tell it affects our instrumentation. So there's a human element involved in it. It's not that we don't have people go in from time to time. We do. But we also insert markers in the data so that we know that people were present during that data set. Um, we also wire our people with individual voice recorders so that we can eliminate any of their audio from being mistaken for a false positive in EVP. But we get called into a site that's already been determined to have activity by an investigative group, and then we go in and do a detailed analysis of the location. And we set up a, a, a battery of equipment uh, to measure different aspects of the environment using data logging devices, which allows us to have a continuous unbroken stream of data for all the different sensors that we're using you know, for a later correlation between any personal experience that may happen, any other experience that's undocumented or, you know, subjective in nature, as well as all of the objective data that's collected by the cameras, the data recorders, and everything else. So it's a little bit different mindset. We don't run around jumping up and down saying, oh, I have a spike. We're literally looking at the EMF waveforms, determining what the frequency of those waveforms are, and then locating the emergence point of those waveforms in the location. Now, David, when people call you in, precisely what are they seeing that they feel fits into your area of expertise? Well, they'll have different experiences, such as they'll encounter 
uh, environmental differentials like coal spots, or they'll they'll find uh, they'll have telekinetic activity where objects move, or they may uh, have visual stimulation where they see a type of what you might call a a, a, a type of projective image, or what people call a ghost, that sort of thing. Uh, so when they have these kinds of experiences that they can't explain, and then they have some handheld data that would seem to indicate that something a little amiss is going on, they, they generally would call us in to do a detailed analysis, or the owner does, uh, of the property after that. So who are you going to call, and you're the Ghostbuster? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we're not Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, we don't bust anything. We literally go in and we try to determine exactly what the truth is at the situation. We're not really hunting for anything but the truth. Um, even, even no matter what we believe we may find, we go in assuming that nothing paranormal is occurring and we let the data convince us otherwise. But how do you correlate strange sounds with physical effects such as cold spots, such as things moving around that they shouldn't be moving around? Well, you have to take a, a, a preponderance of evidence. It takes a lot of data to make a determination that anything's going on. You, you literally just can't walk in with a couple of pieces of equipment and declare something. I mean, you can, but you're not really declaring anything. Um, we go in and we check different aspects of the environment. We check gravity along three different axes, uh, not just gravity from the Earth, but gravity from three different directions. We we check uh, the Earth's magnetic field for fluctuations. We check barometric pressure, temperature, humidity. Uh, we look for um, gamma radiation. We look for ultraviolet light. We look for static energy. We look for EMF. We look for EVP. We look for time fluctuations. We look for a lot of different things. And generally speaking, these things occur in a very localized area of a room. When they do, any activity tends to be within that realm of fluctuation of data. Um, and it's led me to come up with my theory about what causes you know, paranormal activity. And, of course, Tom Fusco, who is totally a theoretician, had come up with similar predictions to what would occur in the environment. And when we actually met, he found out that my experiments were actually proving an aspect of his theory. Okay, so, so let's correlate this very quickly here, okay? And that is, sure. if you measure something mm-hmm. in a location, you can say for certain that some kind of paranormal activity is happening there. There's no reverse situation where you see the paranormal activity, but none of the stuff is being measured. Um. You know, the subjective experience is very powerful, but it doesn't have a lot of weight, evidence-wise. And it boils down to your definition of evidence. Um, A lot of people may see something, and it may be real, but there's no proof that they saw it. It's a personal experience. It's subjective. So it's like an eyewitness account. And while it has some weight to it, it really doesn't hold a lot of water, you know, scientifically, other than a person saw something. Um, when you go in and you're looking at uh, 12 to 14 different aspects of the environment and every place in the room is staying normal except for a specific area in that room where stuff is happening, then your evidence set is a whole lot stronger that something unusual is occurring there. Now, in a situation like this, do you find, and this is a question that will extend to our next segment, do you ever find that people are just pulling the wool over your eyes, and how do you know they are? Because of the nature of what they tell you, the lack of this physical evidence, what? Well, this is not my first rodeo. I've been doing this for 36 years. 
Um, I know what to look for in the environment. The whole idea of what we look for in the environment, we determine. We determine through experimentation, through hypothetical uh, thought process, through um, working our way into developing a theory as to what actually is going on. So when somebody tells me something, I know exactly what type of environmental changes would be associated with that kind of phenomena, at least historically. We have this historical announcement to present first. David Roundtree <laughs> joins Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Are you frustrated with your current job? Not making the type of money that you know you are worth? Is it time for a change? Maybe it's time you considered starting your own home-based business. Autopilot Marketing has helped thousands of people, just like you, get started working from home. Whether it's an extra $250 to $500 per month part-time or a six-figure full-time income, anything is possible. You don't need any special skills or experience. Anyone can succeed with Autopilot Marketing. Take our free video tour and find out if this opportunity is right for you. Go to Income16.com now. That's Income, the number 16.com. Take our free video tour today and start earning money as early as next week. Go to Income16.com. That's Income, the number 16.com. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah, buying them another sweater, game, or other holiday gift they didn't need was nice. But this season, why not take the easy road, the safer road, and the smarter road? Get those you love something they do need. Give the gift of preparedness with Freeze-Dry Guy gift cards. Since 1970, the veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy has been your trusted source for emergency preparedness with easy-to-make, delicious freeze-dried foods and dehydrated foods. These long-lasting foods are lifesavers, which come with added comfort, confidence, and convenience, perfect for any power outage, natural disaster, political crisis, or emergency at home, such as job loss or illness. Call Freeze-Dry Guy now at 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD or log on to freezedryguy.com. You can't predict what's going to happen to your loved ones, but when it does, you can have them ready with gift cards from freezedryguy.com. 
little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. There he is, Mr. EVP, the trickster himself, making his presence known with David Roundtree. We're looking at scientific aspects of paranormal investigation, and we're hunting not just ghosts, but the effects they produce to find the physical phenomenon. So to clarify this, if you go to a place where they say they've seen things, and you check it out, there's nothing physically that seems to be strange. You would then suspect the claim? Well, I would. I would initially, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the claim isn't true. You would have to repeat visits if you did not get data several times under several different conditions at several different times of day in order to eliminate that as an option. This stuff doesn't, you know, perform at will. It has a cyclic nature to it, but it has a randomness about its cycle. So. If something came in and they claimed the thing was active all the time and there was all this stuff happening and we got Zippo, or we may find something natural that may be, you know, contributing to it. Like we've found tons of things like carbon monoxide leaks. We found um, situations where there was super high levels of radon, things that could cause type of hallucinogenic uh, behavior in a human being. So we have discovered things that were natural explanations for some of the things that occur. But if we go in and we're looking for different aspects of the environment to change and it doesn't, and we can't find it, and we we have some pretty sophisticated equipment for looking for it, if we don't find that, we're immediately suspect as to the nature of the validity of the information that was given to us in the first place. But again, you can't make a snap judgment call on a first investigation or a first evaluation of a site you have to keep going back several times in order to establish some type of pattern or, or control situation with it. Um, and we've had it happen. We've had people that, you know, basically they wanted to be on TV and they told us a, a whole line of stuff, you know, to, to get their house looked at or to get their place of business looked at. And we would go in and we would find no evidence for the claim. They want the real ghost hunters to be there. Well, they want to be on TV. You know, oh. in this day and time, everyone wants to be on TV. Well, speak for yourself. I don't want to be on TV. I want to frighten the audience. Okay. Now, (laughs) have you ever tried to take 
that equipment and put it in the presence of other reported paranormal phenomena, say UFOs. So if there was a UFO sighting, what would we measure or have ever had the opportunity? Well, when we first started in 1976, we looked at everything. We looked at cryptozoology. We looked at, uh, uh, and I use the word we because I've always had people working with me. I've had assistants. I've had other research associates working with me. But we looked at crypto beasts. We looked at, um, you know, uh, other types of phenomena like raining frogs and things of that nature. Um, and, and we looked at, you know, the whole haunting phenomena as well as UFOs. The problem with UFOs is it's all after the fact. You're always investigating something after it happens because you're never lucky enough to be in a location with equipment running when something appears. So you're always having to look for trace evidence when you're dealing with a UFO. And primarily, the only real evidence that I have ever seen, trace evidence that you could find from any type of UFO encounter was radiation, abnormally higher levels of radiation than you would normally encounter in that environment. And generally, that's gamma radiation that you encounter. So looking for gamma radiation is about the only thing you could really look for after the fact that would give you any kind of indication that something may have occurred where someone claimed the UFO took place. All right. But the level of radiation is something that could potentially cause harm to people? Absolutely. We, we put a warning out uh, earlier this year uh, after we experimented with a new device that I designed uh, called the EMF quadrilator, which literally scans a room for emerging EMF and tells us where it's located. We also had um, gamma radiation data loggers. And when paranormal activity occurs, uh, background gamma radiation jumps significantly uh, to the point of where you start getting a lot of rapid-fire random bursts of gamma radiation occurring in the environment, and prolonged exposure to it uh, could cause people to have cancer. And we have had a lot of deaths in the field from cancer over the last few years. And I can't yeah, help in terms of UFO related. researchers or witnesses, UFO researchers, and as well as people who investigate haunted houses. Can yeah, you just, name a few UFO researchers we'd recognize? Who we just lost way? Lloyd Pye. I mean, he died what yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it. If I can't name them off the top of my head, but you know, I, I can tell you for a fact that there was. Um, I'm trying to think of her name. Don Shea, maybe was her name, which was a paranormal investigator in the field that died last year, I believe it was from from cancer. And we've had other people report having cancer that is getting treatment for it that haven't died. So the instances of cancer occurrences statistically are being reported more and more, and I don't know what the exact statistics of them are or anything else. Yeah, I can read a lot of bunch you, of names. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you that I've read about it, you know, recently and, and made a note of it, and it was yeah. enough. Ellen Crystal, um, Leah Haley, Mark Davenport. Yeah. Been quite a number, actually. Lloyd Pye, by the way, was just 66 Yeah, when he died. What kind of cancer did he have? I, did, I didn't see any particular attribution uh, in any of the articles that I read, so I'm not sure. Lloyd Pye was on the Paracast a few years ago, this skull that he was going around with, and there was some debate over its reality, but of course it's unfortunate the guy's no longer here to defend himself. You know, 66 is too young to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the person that I was talking about, she was uh, maybe in her early 40s. Um, 
So we're seeing a lot of that. And based on what we've been measuring, it's not a surprise because if people are doing this stuff every weekend and they're going into these locations and the location is active, they're being exposed to um, probably the equivalent of two or 300 x-rays a night while they're in that location if it's active. Yeah, it's fascinating. I've never, I've never heard this. Uh, the gamma radiation has now been shown to be associated with, um, you know, the I guess the emergence of uh, a paranormal activity. Let me just tell you, I got this information due to our great research department here at the Paracast. He was diagnosed some months back, Lloyd Pye, with aggressive B cell lymphoma. Now, well, is that something um, that could be related to radiation poisoning? I'm just asking. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, in any form of cancer. Yeah, sure. the body reacts to radiation in a variety of different ways. I mean, I know people that have had bone cancer. I know people that have developed stomach cancer from radiation exposure. Um, it just really depends on the genetic makeup of the person and how their body reacts to the overexposure. Um, so it could cause a lot of different types uh, of cancer. Um, but we started recommending for people to take something like really inexpensive, like, you know, those x-ray tech cards that x-ray techs wear and just put them on your team. And when they change color, you know, take, right, take, a, break. Meters. take a break for a month, you know, <laughs> stay, out, stay out of the fire. Um, we ought to have health warnings for paranormal researchers. I'm being serious. Well, yeah. Well, we, we do, we put it out. Um, one of the one of the parts of my theory is is you know this is where Tom and I differ. I believe it's based on a Einstein Rosen bridge formation or a wormhole. And one of the aspects of stabilizing a wormhole is to have exotic matter. And exotic matter is simply matter that has a negative mass to it. Well, when exotic matter comes into contact with normal matter, it annihilates. And fortunately, it annihilates at a subatomic level instead of at an atomic level, or we'd have huge craters where haunted houses used to be. But because it annihilates at a subatomic level, all you get is these huge bursts of gamma radiation. And they're very short-lived, but they can reach a level of up to, we've measured 350 millirad per hour bursts. Wow. which Which is hardcore gamma radiation. Now, in a burst format, it's not, you know, long-term exposure. But if you're in there for an hour and a half and there's activity and the radiation is there, you're getting bombarded by these bursts, like these little bullets, you know, of gamma radiation are just like firing through you. Um, So the longer you're exposed to it, of course, the more, you know, radiation you're absorbing in your body. So maybe we can assume that people who are UFO witnesses or alleged UFO witnesses who are very old never really saw anything. What do you mean by that? Well, well he's talking about repeated exposure. James. No, I, that's what I'm saying, sure. Someone who is regularly seeing UFOs, you'd think they'd have some physical yeah, effect. Yeah, Billy Myers should have been dead years ago if that's the case. Right? Well, well maybe he is, we don't know were. about. Maybe his doppelganger <laughs> is here. Hey, we've got David Roundtree joining us, and we're discussing the physical, measurable effects of Science. paranormal phenomena, and some of it may not be good for your health. With Gene and Chris in The Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. These days, so many suffer from heartburn, stomach ulcers, and acid reflux, and most never realize it is the high acidity within the body that causes their discomfort. While selective diet choices can help, AlkaVision Plasma pH drops can really make a change. A few drops added to water can optimize your body's pH level, ridding you of harmful waste and acid, promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Healthy pH levels make all the difference. High acidity can also cause depression, insomnia, and irritability. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops bring you vital balance that can be truly life-changing. Alkalizing boosts immune response, reduces headaches and cramping, and even helps prevent bone loss. This is simple science that helps your body do what's natural. Order your AlkaVision pH Drops for just $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we're learning an aspect of paranormal research that isn't too friendly, that possibly repeated exposure can be harmful. We should all wear radiation suits then? Well, at least lead underwear, lead-lined underwear. You know, David, I came up with an idea to to protect uh, cell phone users uh, when they're carrying around their cell phones. Of course, we lost Philip Copens to galloping angina sarcoma. And some of his friends uh, wonder if carrying two cell phones, one in one uh, breast pocket and one in the other for several years, may have contributed to his very unfortunate and untimely demise of an extremely rare form of cancer. And uh, he was known to have two cell phones, one in each breast pocket, walking around, one for his girlfriend, one for the rest of his life. And uh, he was diagnosed and we lost him in, I think, six weeks. So I've come up with an idea. A very thin lead lining around a cell phone uh, carrying case so that you can... uh, isolate at least on the backside against the body you can isolate the uh and uh somehow shield the body from the electromagnetic radiation that these things uh, put out you know of well, course if you look guy. at the specs for a mobile handset they actually do have radiation measurements 
that are required by the FCC in the United States. But I can't begin to say how much is too much. I'll just say that I do occasionally keep my iPhone in my pocket. When I go in my car, I stick it on one of the seats or I stick it in the center console. I use hands-free. I very rarely put that thing next to my oh, ear. Oh, I never stick it up to my head. Where do you come down on cell phones, uh, David, being someone who's got a background in science, deals with these types of energetic uh, scenarios? Uh, do you put a cell phone up next to your head? Oh, yeah, I've done it before. It's a different kind of radiation, guys. It's a much lower frequency radiation than gamma radiation. Well, yeah, and you don't yeah the apples and oranges. Lead. You don't need lead to block it. All you need is moo metal. You can get a thin piece of moo metal, which looks a little bit like a thin sheet of tin, and if you're really concerned about it, you can put that around it. Um, but it's a different kind of radiation. Now, I'm not saying that cell phone radiation or RF radiation isn't harmful to you because if you're exposed to anything for a long enough period, I think it, it's not good for you. Um, but gamma radiation is a little different. Gamma radiation takes like six feet of concrete to stop or right. two inches of lead to stop. Right. So it's, it's a little different kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's apples and oranges. The aluminum hats don't work, you know. But, yeah, cell phones can definitely be dangerous if you expose yourself to them for a long period of time. I usually use a headset, like a, a wireless headset or that sort of thing. And uh, I, I just don't sit on the phone for three or four hours. Well, I know when I do sit on the phone, it's always hands-free, period. Very big into that. I will not drive in a car with a cell phone and use it unless there's a hands-free capability. And nowadays, even the cheapest cars, an entry-level compact or subcompact, has hands-free either standard equipment or as an option. You can buy a hands-free system for less than $100. So we recommend that. And we also recommend you don't do any paranormal research because it might be dangerous to your health. I'm kidding. Well, you certainly should take precautions, as with anything else. It's just like if you were investigating a criminal situation and you were going in and there was someone armed and dangerous, you wouldn't go in without a gun. Well, it's the same sort of thing as with anything. You know, you should understand the dangers of the situation and be prepared for them. Unfortunately, a lot of people aren't really doing paranormal research. They are looking for ghosts. And there's a big difference in that. When you start looking at research, research is looking at every possible explanation that can occur to create the phenomena that's reported. Ghost hunting is going and simply looking for a ghost. Well, you're going to find a ghost if you're looking for one, because that's what you're looking for. And anything you see is going to convince you that you've seen a ghost. Research is something else. We're looking for what's really going on. What's the truth? What's the 411? You know, what's happening here? Well, the true believer will say the ghosts are spirits of the dead. Okay, it's my Uncle George. Or it's my brother Wally. My late brother Wally came back, and he's hanging out. So what's the truth? What do you think? Is it a manifestation of someone who has died, or what? I prefer to call it a disembodied consciousness. We can't really answer that question. I don't know if we ever will be able to answer that question. However, I can say that it does seem to be a consciousness. It does seem to be intelligent, and it does seem to have you know, capabilities. And it does seem to know things that only maybe that dead person could have known. But we still can't definitively say that, yeah, it's a dead person. What I believe and what I can prove are two different things. Let me just clarify that, number one. But what it boils down to is we're dealing with something that has intelligence. We're dealing with something that's non-corporeal, so it's energy-based. We have seen signatures in the environment that look almost uh, like a biofield in nature. So to rush to that thing and say, yeah, it's, you know, dead people, 
I can't say that. I mean, do I believe it could be dead people? Yeah, of course I do. There's a certain high level of anecdotal evidence that suggests that. But can I come out and say that we can prove that that's what it is? No, we can't. Having said that, um, there's definitely something going on. It's intelligence. It's interacting. And it's affecting people. It's affecting people both in their consciousness and it's affecting people physically. Well, the one question I always ask in situations like this, are we seeing this phenomenon as it really is or are we coloring it because of our own preconditioning? I think the answer is yes. <laughs> I think there's a combination of things. So therefore, for example, if it's my Uncle George or I think it's my Uncle George, it's because I walk in there expecting to see my Uncle George or someone I know. Well, you know, who can say? I think that we're pure energy. See, we have a central nervous system and a brain, and there's all this electricity running through it, all this energy of different frequencies and different pulses that are running through our body. Well, we know from the first law of thermodynamics that energy can be neither created nor destroyed. It can only be converted. So that energy has to have a conversion process, which we're not aware of any conversion process. So that energy has to propagate out somewhere and go someplace. Now, certainly, scientists will tell you, well, it just kind of goes out in all directions. But does it? You know, there seems to be a great deal of anecdotal evidence to suggest otherwise. Particularly if you start looking at, for example, I started studying near-death experiences uh, from Dr. Raymond Moody's research. Um, But I only concentrated on people that were dead longer than 12 minutes. Why? Because there's zero brain activity. It's flatlined. So it can't be explained by oxygen deprivation because the brain is dead at that point. There's no activity at all, no electrical activity in the brain whatsoever. And yet these people come back, no brain damage, and they have all these fantastic stories to tell. But there's a common denominator. And that's that they went down this long, dark tunnel, came out in this bright light, and all their dead relatives were there. Well, if you start looking at that dark tunnel, I started thinking, gee, that's exactly what a wormhole would look like. If your consciousness or your energy was to go through that, you would experience it like you were going through this tube, like this this tunnel. Um, And that's really what got me to thinking about the possibility of it being a wormhole that was creating these effects. And that's when we started specifically looking for the effects that a wormhole would have on the environment if such a thing opened. And that's when we started hitting pay dirt. Now, let me ask you something theoretically here, or something in the sci-fi realm. Now, when we think of wormholes in the sci-fi universe, it's a way to get from one place to another. We also think in terms of so-called parallel universes, where there are multiple universes. Maybe we have another version of Gene Steinberg. I can't imagine that. That'd be terrible. Chris O'Brien, even worse, or David Roundtree. In another universe, if something happens to them, we may be seeing that. Maybe we're seeing an afterimage of something that's going on in another reality, universe, whatever. That's Everett's theory of the multiverse there, or the, sure. uh, the multiple worlds theory. Hugh Everett III, I guess it is. I don't buy into that theory because it's kind of impossible. Where's all this energy coming from to create all these universes just because we make a decision? Um, I believe there is a multiverse, but I believe that this multiverse is a finite system in which... You know, one universe is feeding another while another is collapsing. In other words, the energy is being conserved throughout the multiverse, but it may be, you know, it it may be inflating one universe, such as our universe is continuing to inflate, and it may be draining energy from another universe. It may be collapsing or shrinking. We have to go into more uh, of this in our next segment with David Roundtree. 
Talking with Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. To thank you for being a loyal listener, we have a limited-time freebie offer for you. Claim your free heirloom tomato seeds, just pay shipping, right now at 123freeseeds.com. These aren't ordinary seeds. These are heirloom, non-genetically modified super seeds that are open-pollinated and can be grown, harvested, and replanted endlessly. These survival seeds are actually more valuable than gold in a crisis. Go to 123freeseeds.com and you can get an airtight storage packet of 150 super seeds free while supplies last to say thank you for being a loyal listener. First come, first served. Just cover shipping. Go to 123freeseeds.com now to see if your free heirloom seeds are still available. That's 123freeseeds.com. A healthy digestive system supports a healthy immune system. And a healthy immune system protects you against infections and disease. Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse, available at Terragonics.com, is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic and is gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM1 contains three groups of beneficial microbes and enzymes to cleanse and remove toxins, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, and aids in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 
one is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, is non-GMO, has all-natural certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is never freeze-dried. Pro-EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM1, the raw probiotic. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, therefore, David Roundtree, you're suggesting that these various universes are feeding upon one another. They're interactive. Something happens to one that's impacted by the other. That's exactly right. I, I believe that there's a multiverse because of the bruising on the cosmic microwave background. That had to happen from something outside of our universe. So I believe there is something outside our universe. I believe that we probably have multiple universes that uh, may even, some may even occupy the same space as our own, but they resonate at a different frequency than ours does. Um, kind of like a PV transmission wave where you've got all kinds of information on it and yet it's not interfering with each other and really doesn't know that the other signals are there. Like you've got audio information, you've got high def information, you've got video information all on a carrier wave. Well, we could have multiple parallel universes within that same spatial area, um, but they wouldn't interfere with one another unless certain conditions occurred. Think of the old uh, clothesline sheet in your mom's backyard when you were growing up where you had five clotheslines, and she would hang sheets on them. Normally, those sheets just hung there. They didn't touch. They didn't know each other was there. But if the breeze blew a little bit, suddenly they'd flap and kind of touch each other here and there, and suddenly lint from one would go to the other and vice versa. And that's kind of the thing I'm talking about here. These universes from time to time may interfere with one another. And where that interference occurs, you could have a transference of information. And the mechanics of that, of course, are up for debate. But what we're looking at seems to indicate that we have some type of Einstein-Rosenbridge activity facilitating it. Well, we've got some pretty interesting questions from a very up-to-speed group of posters at forum.theparacast.com. And uh, this is a good time to, to throw some of these questions your direction. Burnt State, one of our real uh, act, active members at forum.theparacast.com, has several questions. One of them is a good one to start with here. And he asks, what are the most common features that different haunted sites have, have in common, like traumatic events, presence of moving water, limestone deposits, and what theories can be established based on those features? Is it somehow possible for some form of historical playback to be taking place simply because of the intensity of previous experiences taking place in these unique geological spaces? So I think he's asking, is there some sort of geophysical properties, um, consistencies among, among them? Yeah, he, it sounds like he's subscribing to the Stones Have Memory uh, theory, which has not a single shred of evidence to support it whatsoever other than you know fantasy. Um, what so I you're believe about happens, residual hauntings, uh, in other words? Yeah, what I think a residual haunting is, is literally the Einstein-Rosen bridge is instead of connecting two places in space, it's connecting two places in time, and you're literally seeing a historical event on the holographic boundary of that wormhole. 
And the reason there's no interaction is because they don't see us. We're seeing them through this this tube like a telescope that's looking back in time. I, I've looked at all of those notions, and, and really there's there's zero scientific evidence to back up any of it. There is, however, theoretical evidence to back up that uh, an Einstein-Rosen bridge could actually connect two places in time. Uh, the whole concept of time travel revolves around utilizing wormholes uh, to do that. It's a shortcut in time. But what I believe is happening in a residual haunting is you're literally looking at a historical event take place based on your physical location in reference to the opening of that wormhole, that funnel that opens up the throat of it. If you're in the right position, it's kind of like being in front of a big flat screen TV. If you're off to the side, you really don't see it very well. But if you're straight in front of it, you see it extraordinarily well. And I think it has to do with your location versus the actual throat opening and its you know, orientation to the observer. But as far as you know, going back to trauma and things like this that happen, statistically, hospitals tend to have a lot of activity because there's a lot of births and deaths. And I think the same thing that brings the consciousness into the body is what takes the consciousness out of the body. I think wormholes are probably responsible for delivering our consciousness to the fetus, and I think wormholes are responsible for taking us away. Um, if that's the case, then places where you have a lot of births and deaths are going to be active. Places where you had a lot of deaths are going to be active because a lot of wormhole formation occurred there. So places like um, asylums where you had large groups of people that were sick and that died, places like um, hospitals, infirmaries, battlefields, places where there was a lot of death tend to be very active. But it's not limited to that. People that have just normal homes that have had maybe a person die there have activity. So it's not cut and dry to say that you have to have these prerequisites for something to happen. Because we don't even know what happened on the land before the house was built. There's so many different aspects that could be contributing factors to it. And, you know, there's really no way to check all those historically. Yeah, I agree. And... You're using the term wormhole, I, I understand, as, as, a, as kind of a familiar term. Um, I think, however, if you really look at, wor- at the whole concept of wormholes, I mean, they are still theoretical um, uh, to a greater uh, or lesser degree, at least to my knowledge. And to use this particular term, I think, is going to create some controversy among uh, you know people that are fairly open-minded but healthily skeptical. Because not if we can produce evidence that it exists, that'll well, be huge. Th- that, that that was that's what I was getting to. It sounds like you're well on your way to establish this term as a workable, testable hypothesis, which of course is the primary tenet of the scientific method. Why don't you go into a little bit more? detail about your particular wormhole theory, and then we can get to some more questions. Well, essentially what we think is happening is these wormholes are forming between our universe and an adjacent universe. And we're the only reason we're coming to this conclusion is based off the data, based off of what is happening in the environment, and then trying to come up with a scientific explanation to explain why. And in physics, we're very limited to explain all of these things that are occurring. For example, uh, Tom has come up with an idea that these bubbles are occurring that are allowing this interdimensionality bleed-through kind of thing to happen, which interestingly would cause a pretty similar effect to what a wormhole would cause if it was forming. Because what's happening is, is we've got a localized bending of time-space. 
That's what we're seeing. That's what's happening. There's only so many things that can cause a localized bending of time-space. We're also looking at phenomena that is local with a non-local source. Again, that eliminates a lot of things in physics to be the cause. There's only a couple of things that could cause this sort of thing and still be in the realm of, of e either known or theoretical science. Um, and that's what we're looking at. And these are, these are the two mechanisms. I mean, Tom's mechanism and my mechanism that we're, we're both defending um, would literally have the same symptoms in the environment. So we are, of course, at loggerheads as to who's right, um, but up until the point of what the physical cause is, we're in total agreement as to what we're encountering. I mean, his theory makes the same predictions mine do. But essentially, this conduit forms. And it forms as long as it's held stable by the supporting exotic matter for a wormhole. And once the wormhole depletes to a point where it's no longer stable, the wormhole collapses. This show is going to collapse if I don't do this break. <laughs> David Round rejoining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Big business has discovered the preparedness market, and that makes it difficult to know where to go and who to trust. MyPatriotSupply.com is owned and operated by patriots just like you. Has the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more. MyPatriotSupply.com has old-fashioned values and the absolute best customer service in the industry. Look for the deal of the day, unique affordable survival survival supplies that fit anyone's budget. Get same-day shipping on all orders and free shipping on orders over $49. Call 866-229-0927, 866-229-0927, or visit MyPatriotSupply.com for emergency preparedness, self-reliance, and food independence. Shop with a name you know and a name you can trust. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. 
Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. Utopiasilver.com. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. I normally do not get laughter when I do a segue. <laughs> this is such a rare occasion, I will savor the moment. Okay, David Roundtree, let me ask you something before Chris gets back to the questions from our listeners. Okay, this wormhole, is in science fiction, we think of it as a way to get from one place to another jump to another portion of the galaxy, for example. Is this something that scientifically we can recreate and use? That's what we're looking at. I mean, the type of wormhole that we are encountering is not something that would allow physical matter to pass through. Um, So you're not in danger of being sucked away by it or, or actually transported to another area. All that's happening here is information is emerging from it. Uh, in the form of energy, in the form of different types of energy. Um, but there are theoretical wormholes that would allow physical, uh, you know, transportation through. And like a Lorentzian wormhole, for example. But um, You'll have to tell our listeners what that means. Well, it just means it's a type of wormhole that supports, you know, matter and energy to be able to pass through it, to be able to transmit through it. It would take an incredible amount of energy to create something like that, though, wouldn't it? Not if the universe it came from was pure energy. Good point. I mean, our universe is based off energy and matter. What if the adjacent universe is based off pure energy? I mean, then there'd be an abundance of energy. Absolutely. I mean, and and if there was this adjacent universe based on pure energy, well, what would that do for us for needing energy? But why why does it pick some dusty old house and uh, show up and scare people? (laughs) <laughs> just oh, I think these things open up around us all the time, and we just don't notice them because they're at a plank level. Uh, uh, he, even even Hawking says that he says that you yeah. know wormholes open up around us all the time. We just don't notice them because they're at a you know a, a, a subatomic level. 
The difference is, is what we're noticing is these aren't subatomic. They're fairly large, you know, a couple meters in, in diameter and area of effect. So we're definitely looking at a quantum effect at a macro level. And we are getting quantum physicists to start looking at it with interest. We are seeing them uh, look at this stuff and say, hey, you know, why is this happening? And that's exactly what we need. We need money thrown at it. Yeah. And the only way, of yeah. course, to do that is to get empirical science to be interested in it. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm trying to take it and bait, you know, these physicists and say, hey, we'll explain this, you know. And they're like scratching their head going, hmm, we'll try this. And then we come back and say, well, we tried that and this is what we got. And then they go, hmm, we'll try that. You know, and it's kind of like the, the name game. Nobody really wants to commit, and yet they're all very interested. Right, and they show up on. They show up at your haunted site with, with uh, Groucho glasses and uh, with the yeah, nose exactly. and the mustache. <laughs> well, that has to be a purpose for those Google glasses, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, or the Guy Fox mask. <laughs> you know, this, this brings up a couple of good points. Uh, you know, you notice that these ghost shows, exclusively hunt for ghosts at night and yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, an interesting uh, question from joey k 22 he goes my exposure to ghost hunters comes mainly via television programs so excuse my ignorance on the topic however why do ghost hunts usually take place at night if there's an uh, aberration why would the paranormal activity only place take place at night and that's a really, a really valid question yeah of course it's drama it sells cornflakes <laughs> there's no reason in the world to to do it at night. What what we do is we try to reduce the background EMF in the environment when we do an investigation. So if yeah. we are there in the evening simply because people work in the daytime, right. we lower the light, but we don't turn off all the lights and bump around in the dark and tear their furniture up. <laughs> we work with maybe a lamp on in each room or something that's kind of low wattage. And we're also using you know traps to remove 60 hertz from our data set. So we're yeah. not picking that up at all. That's a biggie. And yeah, but uh it's it's basically drama. Some some of uh I mean activity occurs 24/7. You know, people may not may not notice it as much in the daytime because there's all these other things interfering with their attention span. Right. Um but uh you're not, you know, you don't have to do it at night, you don't have to do it in the dark. Um in fact, some of the best data we've caught, we've caught in the daytime at Fort Mifflin and in, in uh, literally in in a, a bunker like in uh, you know like an ammo bunker, um, a powder bunker. So I mean it it it, it happens twenty four seven. There's just there's no rhyme or reason to it occurring. It, it has kind of a random repetition and it, and it occurs day or night. But you implied there's some sort of attempt at controlling it. Well, there seems to be. There seems to be some type of. Uh, intelligence behind its deployment. And don't take me wrong. I mean, I don't think there's somebody sitting behind a big machine pushing a button doing it, but there just seems to be a certain intelligence about it. And there's the also a tricksterish quality as well. There's, there's exactly uh, the fact that you can leave one room and then all the activity occurs where you were exactly where you're at now. And you have to go back. Yeah. There, there's a certain amount of intelligence involved in it or what seems to be a certain amount of intelligence involved. And playfulness, actually, in, in some, exactly. one sense of the word. Which, exactly. which, then, which then suggests a more tricksterish type agenda, perhaps maybe operative. Well, here's a question, an, an, another question from Burnt State, which is a good one. And, and, and this is one of the 
types of this phenomena that have been studied the most, and that is uh, the poltergeist phenomenon. And he wants to know if there are any commonalities to be found in the witnesses and experiences of ghostly and poltergeist phenomena. Are these phenomena tied to teenagers, people who have suffered personal trauma in the past, or to individuals who are having very complicated personal experiences, psychological issues, um, as seen in famous poltergeist cases? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, Where do you draw the line? Uh, And is there an ability, a latent ability, amongst some individuals to manipulate psychokinetically their environment? Definitely. Um, my dear old departed friend, Dr. William Roll, who was probably the foremost authority on poltergeist, right. um, did associate uh, puberty. You know, teens going through puberty with poltergeist activity in about 85% of the situations and probably could have done it more um, had he had supporting data to do that. Um, but, um, you know, I work studying mediums and how the media mechanic works as well, and it's a very similar process. Mediums literally are getting emerging information that only, they're like a biological television set. Yeah. They have a high level of magnetite in their brain, and somehow or another that allows them to receive this information and decode it. I can literally see the information, what it looks like, coming at, into the environment. I can't translate it. I can't tell you what it says. They can when they get it. When they receive that information, it makes sense to them. They see things in their head, whatever. Um, But the mechanic of how that happens is the same effect and the same mechanic. It's what happens during a haunting when you have a paranormal uh, effect occur. So the mechanics are the same. It's just smaller scale. So do I believe people can manipulate it? Absolutely. I've seen them do it. I've actually watched information emerge, and they begin talking and giving off information. And when the information stopped, they stopped. Now, there was no way they could have known that I was watching it and the information stopped right. when they stopped. You know what I'm saying? It was a controlled situation. Yeah, we've had uh, poltergeist uh, or, or rather EVP sessions where some sort of, of disincarnate inform- information, voice, whatever you want to call it, actually answered the question a split second before the question was asked, which I find the the interesting time dilation aspect uh, present in some of these um, uh I guess research trips that I've uh, been, you know, on and and helping film and 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 uh, assist at. I'm no professional by any stretch of the imagination, but I must say there's uh, a huge upsurge in interest in these subjects out in the in the population. And it seems like every town has their own ghost hunting crew, and it's getting to the point where there's a lot of uh, just completely untrained people running around kind of mimicking their, their TV uh, heroes out there. And I think the quality of, of investigation is, is suffering as a result uh, of a lack of, of scientific training and background. We have a disincarnate announcement right now coming up. I'm sure (laughs) David Roundtree joins Gene and Chris. Here is a closer. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paragons. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. An e-cig revolution is sweeping across the country. But is yours American-made? Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is. Manufactured in Arkansas with 100% USA-sourced ingredients. And when you buy American, you support local jobs. Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is top quality at an affordable price. The very principle that once drove the American economy. Get great taste with no ash, tar, or smoke. You'll be wondering why you didn't make the change to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig a long time ago. LaSig.com has everything you need for beginners to the advanced vaping enthusiast with a wide variety of hardware and also imported e-liquid flavors as well. Plus, LaSig smokes the competition with fast, free, same-day shipping, real people customer service, and a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Support our country and become a Vapriate at LaSig.com or call 870-525-1440, 870-525-1440. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. You have all seen and heard about the elements of the periodic table. These elements are the building blocks of everything in the universe. You, my friends, are made from these elements. A shortage of any of these important trace elements can lead to disease. Go with the science and take the Lady Talk Health Challenge and get all 90 essential trace elements with a healthy start pack at LadyTalkLive.com or call 855-333-LADY. That's 855-333-5239. Research shows it's not just what you put in your body that counts, it's what you put on it as well. Why not use an all-natural, healthy, mineral-based makeup that actually benefits your skin? Once you experience the airiness and flawless coverage of Longevity Mineral Makeup, you will never use anything else. With Longevity, the perception of your complexion will be natural perfection. Animal-friendly mineral makeup at Mary Lou Health. That's M-A-R-I-L-U-Health.com. Or call 855-321-HEALTH. 
This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. We're going to evaluate that on a scale of one to minus one. And I won't even presume to guess which it will be with Gene and Chris. David Roundtree is summoning up his inner wormhole. Now, earlier in this show, I just want to go back to this. You talk about intelligence. Does that mean when these apparitions do their thing, they know full well what they're doing and why they're doing it? Um, It certainly seems indicative of that. There certainly seems to be a lot of evidence that there is intelligence behind it, yeah. Well, we always want to know if there's intelligent life on Earth. Yeah, well, we're still wondering that, right? We're still wondering. Chris, some more questions? (laughs) I think a poltergeist got a hold of my mute button. Right. They do not want you to speak. Therefore, you should speak more. Okay, here's a good one. Uh, this is a case that always fascinated me, and it's the um, the case of Don Decker, the Rain Boy of Pennsylvania. This question comes from Stagger Lee, who's one of our uh, newer posters here at forum.theparacast.com. And he asks, are you familiar with the case of Don Decker, the Rain Boy of Pennsylvania, where it was witnessed by many people, including the police who were called in, that this young man would go into a trance and make it rain indoors? and that the rain defied physics, and that it could rain up, down, sideways. This case started right after Don attended the funeral of his grandfather, who was his lifelong abuser. If familiar with this case, what are your thoughts? Man, you know, where do you guys get this stuff? <laughs> it's you actually have pretty, pretty, quite uh, a pretty well-known case. I've, we I've have it. quite a group of listeners also. <laughs> Who come up with questions that we have no idea where they get them from. <laughs> I don't even yeah, know how so to answer that. The Pennsylvania that, Rain Boy. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know how to address that. I mean, uh, you know. Um, Maybe he had hyper, hyper uh, tear ducts or something. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I'm kind of an environmental specialist. You know, I look at an environment. I try to determine how that environment should be normal. And when it's not normal, I try to find an answer for it. Um, I mean, I could speculate on all this stuff, but it would be pure speculation. So what would be the point? I mean, I could give you my best guess or something like that. But, you know, I just, I don't don't like to go there. I I prefer to talk about what I know about and what I can, you know, demonstrate from my own research and from my own experience. Um, So some questions I just don't answer, you know. Because somebody will say, you know, like Dave, he said such and such, you know. <laughs> He'll come back and haunt me at some point. Yeah, you better be careful. Some of our listeners may bilocate and start haunting your... Uh, your uh... <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, here, here, here. Get your instruments say... and check this out. Yeah, really. I can say one thing. There's certainly a human element involved in everything that we do. Um, and, I, and I will say that the, the observer effect that we, that we mentioned... Um, which is in quantum mechanics, like, you know, the wave particle duality thing, you know, it could be either or until right. physical act of measure. The Copenhagen occurs. interpretation of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Yes, yes, or, or, or Schroeder's cat. But anyway, um, certainly there's a human element. And there's also this thing called the human intent, 
which the the um, Peer Research Lab at Princeton spent 10 years researching and who now currently Dr. Lynn McTaggart is doing uh, seed growth experimentation with human intent. But human intent is a very powerful thing. It's very documented. There's something to it. Um, so we affect things. How much of it is the human element? How much of it is something else? That remains to be seen. I think both aspects are involved in it. Um, it's one of the reasons why we wire our own people when we're doing work. It's, it's one of the reasons why we're looking at how the human element occurs, how it affects the data we get. Um, there's definitely a human element here in the equation. Yeah. How powerful well, there's that an interactive be. nature to it. They're, they're, yeah. You know, exactly. if, if a ghost if a ghost haunts a house and nobody's there to see it, uh, does is is it being? Does it happen? It there, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. you know, so so you you have to have the observer in order for the manifestation to be observed. Is what is basically what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So there is that interactive quality. Well, one of the things that I found, I, I've I've done quite a number of uh, unexplained livestock death investigative work uh, over the years. And one of the things I found early on is one of my best approaches in terms of arriving on a scene where one of these animals has been uh, targeted and disfigured, killed, targeted, and disfigured, is to bring a working dog with me and allow the dog to be the first one introduced to the site. How do you feel about, uh, about animals and uh, interactions uh, with some of these haunted sites using a biosensor uh, such as a, a trained dog or um, I know of someone that uh, brings a parrot that has a limited vocabulary to haunted sites and when it gets around some of these energies that you're describing, the thing develops all these words and can string them together, which I find very, very intriguing. Where do you come down on using biosensors like animals? Well, how do you correlate it? I mean, how do you quantify it? I mean, who trained a dog to sniff a ghost? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I there, mean, actually, having trained dogs, uh, I can and horses. Actually, I can, I can envision some um, some possible ways uh, to go about it. Uh, well, that I would think, that would assume that you had a ghost to use as bait in the first place, right? It it, it wouldn't be easy, that's for sure. Obviously, with the actual uh, uh, cattle deaths. There's thousands of pounds of physical evidence that uh, you have at your disposal to to uh, work with the animal. But, uh, you know, I, I do often wonder, like, sometimes I'll see my cat looking around the room and then it'll it'll be like following something around the room and there's nothing there. And then it'll it'll freak out and run away. Or um, I've had dogs uh, like a friend of mine's dog one time uh, all of a sudden just freaked out and just started quivering and shaking like it was in a place of fear uh, for no reason and totally out of character uh, for the animal. Sure. Do, do animals have an extended sensory range than humans? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. They see visually further into the light spectrum than we do. They hear into the audio spectrum more than we do. Um, who knows what their actual sensory uh, makeup is, what they may sense you know, uh, as, as far as, you know, that sort of thing, we don't know. Um, my problem with doing it is certainly it's, it's, it's good subjective evidence to observe an animal and how the animal reacts, but how do you quantify that data-wise? Well, the animal acted weird. I mean, it doesn't really demonstrate anything. Well, it doesn't um, demonstrate anything, but it, it, can, it can also be a form of validation 
um, if you could train the dog to be uh, extra aware when your equipment's uh, starting to spike. And if you do that repetition enough, that dog will pick up on what it is that you're asking it to, to you know, be aware maybe. of. Maybe. Maybe yeah. it also may be sensing the equipment itself, you know? So, you know, that's what I mean by quantifying it. How yeah. do you quantify it? We can't, we can't really quantify it. Yeah. We can, well, we can draw question, some conclusions. That was a question from Blowfish. I, I just wanted to throw it at you. Sure. I mean, I think it's anecdotal evidence that goes along with everything else, but you still need hard data to go with it. Yeah. Well, uh, Blowfish also wants to know, uh, besides uh, the animals uh, and, and the possibility of, of them being a little bit finer tuned than we are for certain things, uh, certain energies. What's right. your best ghost story? Oh my God. I'm sure you get that one a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's like, um, ghost is such a weird term because it, it covers so many different phenomena things, you know? Well, uh, what's the, what's the most impressive, uh, manifestation that you have seen while out in the field? I think probably the coolest thing. I saw was I watched a room fill up with a, a, a violet mist. Like it started from a little dot, like up near the ceiling. And then it just kind of it was like a fog. It just kind of filled the whole room with this like purple fog. And then it smelled like lilac perfume. And then it just kind of dissipated. And there was absolutely no explanation for it whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, literally, you know, to, how did that just happen? And it had to emerge. It had to emerge into the environment, and then it dissipated. Um, and like I said, it had a smell like old-fashioned lilac toilet water, like your grandmother used to wear. Um, well, how does pretty... how does energy manifest uh, in an olfactory sense? Uh, I'm confused here. If there's no mass, then uh, how could you have a smell? Well, have you are you familiar with Dr. Michael Persinger's work? Uh, some, yeah, his brain uh, helmet and stuff. Yeah, st stimulating uh, different aspects of the brain. Um, you can taste steak without eating. You can smell on, on, all kinds of different things. By not well, you know what? That's a good way to have a meal and not gain any weight, isn't that? Absolutely. Exciting? David um, Roundtree joining Gene and Chris. <laughs> We're not going to starve to death. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the People Grow Cotton, Weave Fabric, Engrave Ink, Embed Strips and Fibers to Protect from Counterfeit, and Carting to a Private Bank, Having it led Back at Interest, Forcing Taxes to Service Debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. 
It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. <coughs> but don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four-herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3, 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain, normally $26.95, now just $20. Herbalhealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit Herbalhealer.com and click the specials button to save on our natural cold and flu fighting products herbalhealer.com healing the world with nature one person at a time since 1988 welcome back to the paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio and now here's gene steinberg I guess it's an opportunity for survival food here. You know, freeze-dried and everything. Imagine it tastes like a steak. Okay. We don't have any steakhouse sponsors, though, here. David Roundtree joins Gene and Chris. Let's continue. Any more questions? There's a few. I think we've answered some. Uh, But Jimmy H., uh, our more skeptical, one of our more skeptical uh, members of the forum.theparacast.com, has some questions. And... I mean, he says, why do you believe uh, that electrical and barometric tools can detect ghosts and such? I think we've we've kind of answered that, that uh, I think ghosts, again, is a loaded word. Uh, I think you've done a good job, David, in, in explaining your particular theories when it comes to these things, that we're dealing with something, uh, a localized uh, manifestation of something non-local, basically. He also wants to know, do paranormal phenomena affect our power grids and barometers? If so... Can we find the effects, but not the cause, described in common scientific or engineering literature? That's an odd question. We do know that it can affect electronics because EMF affects electronics. Yeah. There's this whole thing about how EMF can affect electronics. It's one of the things that we guard data against um, for an EMF pulse from a nuclear explosion, for example. Uh, EMF does affect electronic equipment. It does affect uh, data storage, it affects a lot of things. So if EMF is emerging into the environment as part of the paranormal phenomena, then certainly that's an issue. It could also be an issue as to what people experience by stimulating their brain with a certain frequency of EMF to experience that. Which brings back another question, how much of it is a human experience or the human interaction based on stimulation? And how much right, of or interpretation of... In, interpretation. Sure. As sure, a result, it's a complex of, of, thing. Yeah, Jimmy wants to also know: do, do you often have botched readings because of your own interaction with your tools, or because of weather changes and so forth? And what natural sources have you identified that actually interfere with your readings? Besides, obviously, the sixty-cycle, uh, you know, cloak that we all live under here in in the United States, fifty-cycle in, in Europe. But uh, what are some of the other? types of natural and possibly uh, induced uh, factors that you have to guard against? See, a lot of people aren't understanding what I do. I can tell from the questions. We're looking at every aspect of the environment. We're not just looking at 60 hertz. We're looking at a full spectrum of stuff. 
So when something occurs that's untoward, it's, it becomes very obvious very quickly that something is going on that's weird. For example, if you're in a room and the relative barometric pressure in that room is, say, 29 millibars, and all of a sudden you've got an area that's like two feet in diameter where it's 18 millibars, you've definitely got something unusual occurring in the room because how do you have a dramatic change in barometric pressure in a room that has constant air pressure in it? Right. Sounds like a mini uh, hurricane. It's, it's almost like something just opened up and there's a little vacuum there that's sucking in the air. So, I mean, everything has to be taken in perspective. You have to have everything, you know, you have to be looking at a big picture in order to determine if something's going on. You can't just, like, be selecting one thing here or one thing there and saying, oh, oh yeah, it's a ghost. You know, this is happening. When you have to be able to see everything in context as to what's going on. Sure, there's a lot of things. You know, somebody using a microwave that has the faulty shielding in it can cause all kinds of havoc to occur in your house. That can light up a, a fluorescent light without it being turned on or even plugged in. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that can occur in your home that can create paranormal-like effects, but you have to be aware of that. Okay, uh, Gene, I think, you know, basically the questions uh, are more of a kind of a ghost hunting bent, if you will, and uh, I think he's really addressed most of them. So I'd like to continue on by uh, discussing some of your ideas for where your research and work goes from here, um, other than establishing better data, uh, replicating that data. What other types of uh, plans do you have, or what other approaches are you uh, developing right now? Well, We've got a lot of little side trips that are going on. Um, what what we've got doing is you know, there's byproducts of each thing we discover. You know, you discover something, and then that opens up a whole other bag of worms over here. Our medium research uncovered a statistical effect about mediums, the fact that about 80% of all mediums suffer from symptoms of fibromyalgia. Um, that led to... Is the fibromyalgia actually a disease with them, or is it a symptom of the energy that they're taking on and its effect on their central nervous system, which led to a whole different series of studies where we were literally uh, coming up with these therapies to experiment with people to give them pain relief or to give them, you know, temporary, uh, you know, relief from what they were experiencing. And that is a byproduct of studying the medium mechanic. So we're, we're playing with that just because we have so many people that are supporting with us and, and being our guinea pigs and stuff that are wanting some kind of relief from this stuff. And so we're doing that kind of to help them. But it's interesting and fascinating research as well. And we're starting to work with a, a neurologist on it uh, to get some medical, um, you know, like supervision over what we're doing with it. Um, but it looks very promising because we're using low-frequency EMF to literally reset the nerve, the neural transmitters and receptors, which is kind of cool. Um, that's going on. And then we're, of course, going further into this whole trying to prove that wormholes are indeed real and that that's what we're dealing with. That's a byproduct of it. And then we're also working on, um, you know, trying to determine the mechanic of um, psychometry, where objects may have information on them that mediums are able to or psychics are able to pick up 
which there certainly seems to be a great deal of anecdotal evidence indicating there's something to that, we want to capture the information. We want to say, okay, what does the energy look like? What is it? How can we capture it? How can we prove that there's energy on this item? Mm. Okay, so if mediums have a certain condition, 80% of them have that condition, does that mean if you're looking for mediums, you check people with that condition? Well, see, that's interesting because what my particular instance is I haven't met anyone yet with fibromyalgia that didn't have some kind of gift. I'm sure that there are some out there. I just haven't had a chance to measure any or to have them there because it may very well be that what we're dealing with would be universal in its scope to anyone who had fibromyalgia or had the symptoms of it. What about other conditions? Any other conditions might be traced to someone who has these supposed abilities? Well, there's, there's, you know, it's a good question. Working with mediums, there's different types of gifts that people have. It's amazing. There's people that are empathic. They literally feel what everyone in the room is thinking, which would probably drive me crazy. There are people who are psychic. I believe everybody's psychic. I believe all psychic ability is enhanced intuition. And I believe as such, all of us are capable of developing it. Mediumship is something else. I think there's physiological differences involved in the individuals, probably genetic in nature, uh, which allows them to do what they do. And then there's some individuals that have all of these capabilities, and they they must really have a tortured life um, to go through having all of these abilities. And and my ex-fiance was one of those people who had all of those abilities. You know, you just can't turn it off. So it really, it can put you in bed for several days. So... There's all sorts of things that are going on because these people are sensitive to energy. They're sensitive to a specific kind of energy. You know, they may do four or five readings and never have a problem, but then they may do a reading on one person and it puts them in bed for two days because that person's biofield was maybe not in phase with their own biofield and they took on that energy as a surface charge on their body and they can't function now. So there's all sorts of little idiosyncrasies involved and I can't even tell you what all they're going to be because we're just starting to explore this. I mean, it's yeah. just something that we're just finding out about and going, wow, this is interesting. Yeah, it's a brave um, new world. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've, I've been in, in a situation where four people were adversely impacted by some, some form of energy phenomenon that, that occurred. And by the way, if you have a comment or a question about the Paracast, do write us, news at theparacast.com. Once again, that's news at theparacast.com. David Roundtree joins Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, 
Use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Do you know how much the dollar has lost in its value against other currencies in the last 90 days? Ever think about how inflation will change your life, your savings, your retirement plans? Remember inflation in Zimbabwe, Argentina, the Weimar Republic? Put another way, who cares if your investments go up 10%, but you lose 40% of your purchasing power? Gold is the only monetary asset as no one else's liability. Gold still buys the same amount of stuff it always did. Gold does not require trust in a third party. You can possess it in your hand. You can take it with you. Gold is real money. Gold is honest money. My name is Daniel Larson from Midas Resources. To find out how you can protect your savings and roll over your IRA funds into precious metals accounts, please call me at 800-686-2237, extension 134. That's 800-686-2237, extension 134. 800-686-2237, extension 134. What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey water filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey water filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey water filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com, spelled Big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, WaterFilters.com, or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y. Gift well this Christmas. Give a Big Berkey water filter. Hi, my name is Annette, and due to menopause symptoms for nearly two years, I suffered severe hot flashes, which prevented me from sleeping all night. It was so hard to work because I continued all day to have the hot flashes from hell. I was exhausted and depleted. After only three weeks on One World Way, I have no hot flashes, and I'm sleeping normally again. I feel energized and strong. This is an amazing product. It is a little-known fact that every single cell of your body is supposed to produce 10% of its protein content as glutathione. But due to toxicity and aging, it does not. Could glutathione be a missing factor in optimal cell function for your entire body? If you restore the optimal glutathione levels in your cells, especially your glands and organs, then as a result, your glands and organs work better. Imagine the quality of life improvement you might have. To order One World Way, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, Chris was about to relate something really unusual, really strange. Well, we we had, uh, you know, a very gifted medium. And I was going to ask you if you know Amy Allen. Um, She's featured on one of the shows, I think, The Dead Files. I've worked with her on a number of cases, and she truly has the gift. Uh, I'm convinced of that. And I was with her and a couple that used to live in this one particular very, uh, I don't know, just a a nasty place. I I don't see how they lasted two years there. 
uh, it's it's known as the Sally House in uh, the ghost hunting circles. And I've been on you know quite a number of investigations over the years uh, myself, and I never felt anything like this before. And it really did impact Amy. It impacted the Pickmans. Uh, uh, they they were all fell ill. I was incapacitated. I had to sit down for about 20 minutes. Uh, I felt like my heart was being squeezed. I've never had that, that feeling before. And, it, and this was not some sort of emotional sort of overreaction or uh, hyper-imagination. I, was, I was, had my game face on. I was, I was busy filming this whole thing and operating gear. And uh, I, I don't really buy into a lot of the drama around these types of investigations. But that really surprised me. And poor Amy really got slammed. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating because the work we're doing right now, I believe that we're not very far away from being able to certify someone as being genuine. And if we could do that, I think it would add a certain amount of legitimacy to the field and also eliminate a lot of the fraud. And it's something we're definitely looking at. Obviously, if a person is getting information, we can detect that information. We can do that now. We can detect the information and look at it. We can see it. Uh, using a sensor and an oscilloscope, we can see the waveform that they're getting. We can see what they're receiving. If someone isn't receiving that, I would really have a hard time believing they were genuine. Because where would the information be coming from? Right. Is there? Well, if you ever make mechanic? it out to Arizona, I'd love to accompany you on one of your uh, on one of your in, in research uh, excursions. Oh God, I would love to go out to Arizona. Are you kidding? I would love to set my gear up out in Sedona. I would yeah. love to see if there's anything to it. <laughs> Is there anything? Well, I, I would to go it? up the hill to Jerome because I I, I actually saw a um, I guess what what would you call it a shadow shadow figure up in Jerome, uh, which is two towns west of Sedona, notoriously haunted uh, to use that overused term. Right. But uh, there's no question in my mind that there's there's a couple of spots up there. I, I could take you to some spots that I know your gear would just uh, have have a fun and happy time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got, you know, people I went to high school with living out in Arizona, and they keep, you know, telling me to come out, to come out, you know, and I'd love to get out there. Um, but it's definitely a place on my bucket list to go, for sure. Well, yeah, keep keep our uh, our contact information handy, and I'll, I'll kind of help you out. Uh, I'm just down the hill from Sedona. I lived there for five years, actually. That's cool. Yeah, I just, I just want to see if it's, you know, I hear all this stuff, you know, I hear all these people talk about it but I don't see any data. You know, I'd love to go out there and set my gear up and let it run and see what happens. Just see what happens. Yeah. See what's out there. See what it does. No, well, I could take you to some spots. I've uh, got a whole list of them. Let me ask you something left field here, because you were talking about mediums before. We make no assumption about this, but how does one determine that a medium has someone with some unusual abilities and not someone who's really good at cold readings? Now, the skeptic will exactly. say it's all cold readings. Right. Well, he already answered that. He says if his gear spikes while this person is receiving information, then that's an indication of legitimacy. Well, it indicates that something's happening, not necessarily that the person is giving you information that they got from a strange place. That's true. Let me give you an example of what I would consider to be good evidence. Um, I'm seeing information emerging from a point near the person giving the reading. They are giving information while that waveform is present. When that waveform isn't present, they're not. They're like, I don't have any information. I'm not getting anything. Direct cause um, and effect. Right. The information they're getting is real specific. 
like your grandmother is showing me this brooch that has a small ladybug on it. And there's this little yellow ribbon that's been attached to it that isn't part of the pin. I mean, significant, detailed explanation that would be pretty difficult for someone to know. When you get that kind of information coupled with the physical, what appears to be emerging of information of some kind, um, to me, that's kind of hardcore. They're, they're getting something. You know, there's a, there's a correlation there. Um, and when they're saying names that are specific, not like uh, John or, you know, when they're coming up with like a pet nickname for someone that no one could know, you know, I mean, are these all coincidences? After, you know, about 80% hit rate, you, you have to give it some kind of credence. Yeah. So, okay, so if we're talking about a medium with an 80% hit rate, and of course, Chris, you've already mentioned one, and I'd like to see that person on the PowerCast, by the way. Let's put the person to the test. Who else do you think out there, among all the people who claim to have these abilities, has an 80% or better hit rate? The ghost of Sylvia Brown. Oh, uh, may no, I, I please regurgitate <laughs> off the air? Thank you. <laughs> I'm not buying that one. <laughs> but I have worked with mediums that do have a fairly high hit rate. And um, like anything else, they have good days, they have bad days. I mean, it's just like, remember when we had TVs with rabbit ears? You know, sometimes we get snow and sometimes we get a good program. And the um, same thing, by the way, with satellite radio. You know, exactly. you have satellite radio as I do. One day, it's great. The next day, day, it's not. It's not. <laughs> and you know what? Mediums suffer from the same thing because they are a receiver of propagating information. So if the conditions aren't ideal for that propagation to occur, the information is not going to be clear. And people don't understand that about this whole medium thing. They think, well, well, if you're a medium, tell me this. It doesn't work that way. Oftentimes, mediums don't get the information in order. The information is in some kind of random order. So they're just saying things and nothing makes sense. And then all of a sudden, and I've watched this. I, I watched my fiance do it, and it was amazing. She would start saying all this stuff, and they would go, no, 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 you're really not getting it, no. And then she would say one thing, and then it all fell into place. And they would go, oh, my God. And they'd go, oh, yeah, this, this, it all made sense. But because it was coming out random and not in order, it made no sense to the person at first until that missing piece put it all together. Now, my fiance had no idea what it meant. She was just repeating information that was coming to her. You know, she had no clue as to what it meant. And she, her big thing was, is she wanted, you know, confirmation. She said, you know, don't tell me anything. She says, but after I get done, she says, if I have something, she says, I, I need confirmation on it. So I know I'm getting the right information. And she would never ask questions. She would, put something out, and if the person acknowledged it was a hit, she would tell the person, don't tell me anything else. You know, let me give you what I'm getting. Then. And she would continue to give everything out, and then after she would finish, then they would sit there and discuss further back and forth, and even more information would then come out. So she would always come in, and when she would start talking with them, she would tell them not to tell her stuff. She would say, don't tell me things. Let me say what I'm going to say. And then after I finish with the information, then you tell me what part of it makes sense to you and whatever. We'll find and, more uh, of what makes sense or not. Coming up next with David Roundtree, with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Yeah. 
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com so it's off to grandma's house for the holidays, eh? <laughs> That's great. But while you're going over the river and through the woods, professional burglars are choosing easy targets to break into. Don't be an easy target. Plug in fake TV. Fool criminals into believing someone's home at your house watching TV. Fake TV works a bit like a light on a timer. But Fake TV is far more convincing. Fake TV plugs into any outlet and simulates the light and colors of a real TV. Burglars will likely move on to easier targets and leave your house alone. Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and makes a great Christmas gift. Or it's perfect if you're traveling over the holidays or anytime. Order your Fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. An e-cig revolution is sweeping across the country. But is yours American-made? Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is. Manufactured in Arkansas with 100% USA-sourced ingredients. And when you buy American, you support local jobs. Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is top quality at an affordable price. The very principle that once drove the American economy. Get great taste with no ash, tar, or smoke. You'll be wondering why you didn't make the change to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig a long time ago. LaSig.com has everything you need for beginners to the advanced vaping enthusiast with a wide variety of hardware and also imported e-liquid flavors as well. Plus, LaSig smokes the competition with fast, free, same-day shipping, real people customer service, and a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Support our country and become a vapriate at LaSig.com or call 870-525-1440, 870-525-1440. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Positive results from satisfied customers of Heart and Body Extract continue to pour into our website, hbextract.com. This is Al from New Jersey. One day I saw your ad for Heart and Body Extract, and it mentioned that it would help me with angina, so I decided to order. I figure I had nothing to lose. Heart and Body Extract supplies your body with everything it needs to balance itself and maintain optimal heart and circulatory health with no negative side effects. I took the formula three times a day as directed, and I kid you not, within four days, my angina pain was completely gone. Order HB Extract by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. 
I could not believe it actually stopped the pain. Heart and body extract actually works. This is just an amazing product. Even the numbness in my hands is completely gone. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. I'm not a medium. Chris is not a medium. Tell me more about your fiance, David. She has uh, an eighty percent or better success rate. Yeah, she did. Uh, actually, she had a little bit higher than that. We've actually found bones together. We found all sorts of stuff in the two and a half years we were together. Um, and I got a chance to work with her. She was extraordinarily accurate. Um, you say was? Is that past tense? Oh yeah, yeah. We're not together anymore. We broke up at the end of September, early October this year. But her information was very good, and and I watched her work. I had the opportunity to even double-blind test her in a couple of situations. For example, I was doing an investigation uh, locally here at a university of a very famous murder case that took place, you know, back in 1886. And I didn't tell her anything about it. I just said I was doing an investigation. For two weeks prior to the investigation, she said, you know, I keep dreaming about this old-fashioned kitchen. I'm like, well, explain the dream to me. And she said, there's just, it's a big kitchen. It's got this old, like, wood cook stove that, like, is for cooking lots of food. And um, she started describing what the 1800s kitchen of this college would have looked like back in the time that it was in existence before she knew anything about it was a college or where it was or anything. She started getting that information. And she said, I don't, do you know anything about it? And I said, of course, no. I was lying through my teeth. I said, no, I don't know anything about that. The night that I did the investigation, she started describing the building to me. Well, the building didn't look anything at all like what she was describing, but it turns out the building she was describing burned to the ground in 1899, and the building that was there in its place was built and finished in 1901. So the actual building that took place when the murder committed wasn't there anymore didn't look anything like the building that was there, you know, today. So she was literally describing the building and the condition as it was in 1886. And she started describing a lot of things that had to be historically researched after the fact to determine in that case. And then she spent four actual on-site visits here. And uh, we've got videos on, on YouTube about those investigations and what she found during those investigations. So that's an entertaining thing to watch. Just, you know, Google David Roundtree uh, in YouTube and you'll come up with my, uh, my YouTube page. But we have a lot of video on there of, of the work that we did together in the last two and a half years. She was very accurate. The information she came up, the problem that I saw with her was interpretation of her information. The mistakes that she made weren't mistakes in accuracy. They were mistakes in interpreting it. Uh, for example, there was a missing persons case in Wisconsin that she worked on. She saw in her mind a black dog, and she kept thinking Black Dog Lake, and she said it looked like a black German shepherd. Well, the body was found on Shepherd Road. So there's imagery involved in the interpretation of that imagery is where a lot of the disconnects were occurring with her. Um, but still, even with disconnects, she was hitting around 85 90%. Okay, but this is not an ability she could turn on and off. No, no. She had it constantly. Okay, Weird. she had it constantly. So is she someone who would be willing to be put up in front of the public for public abuse or whatever? 
Well, you're not in touch with her anymore because of the relationship thing. Yeah, right. I mean, that'd be something you'd have to take over her. Well, it's tough being in a relationship with someone that's that sensitive. <laughs> oh, tell me about it because they know when you're telling them a lot. They also know when the I relationship mean, they, is over and you don't. Yeah, exactly. That was the other problem. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess I got lucky, David. I almost had a psychic wife, but she left before we met. Well, that's good. I wish that would have happened to me. Actually. She knew that it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, I wish that would have happened to me. <laughs> but I did get a lot of good data in that two and a half years, so I really can't complain. Well, maybe we have some talented mediums out there in the audience. We're, we're taping this uh, ahead of time, so if anybody has real talent and skill and you believe in psychokinesis, raise my hand right now. Right, there you go. That's right, or kick uh, me. <laughs> Kick me. <laughs> Kick him in the head. You slap him in the head like this. Like that. Yep. Anyway. And don't hit him in a certain part of his mouth where he had a bad tooth. He had to have a tooth removed. No, yeah, that's right. Don't, don't knock my partial out. That's yeah, right. Please. We can't but, have uh, that kind of violence. But seriously speaking, I would love to see a medium on the show and put him through their paces and see what happens. And I'm not coming into it with belief or disbelief. And I don't want someone who says, I can't perform because we have skeptics in the room. That's, that's <laughs> not true either. I mean, that's, that's a bogus thing, too. She's had people that came up to her at shows that we were doing when we were doing conferences, and I was speaking. She had a person literally that came in and said, I, I, I want you to give me a reading about my son and my mother. And Tracy sat there for a few minutes, and she said, you know, I'm not getting anything. You know, and the woman tried to pay her, and she says, no. She says, I'm not taking your money. She said, I didn't get anything. Later, the woman came up to her and apologized to her, and she says, yeah, my, my mother and my, my son are still alive. And Tracy was pissed. <laughs> she, said, she said, why did you ask that? And she said, well, I wanted to make sure that you were real. And she said, and Tracy told her, she said, well, I can understand why you would do that. She said, but. Why don't you just ask me a question that you know the answer to about someone who's dead and let me get it that way? She said, don't you think that would be a better test? Than yeah, that's dirty pool. Sit here and, and make me think and try to contact someone who isn't there, <laughs> you know? So she was pretty pissed about it, but she has had people test her. She has had people try to set her up and try to fool her. But really, she gets her information. I mean, and she puts it out and she doesn't, you know, she, she tells people what she gets. And, and she, half the time, she doesn't get any money for it. She just tells people stuff. So there's not a, a greed-motivating factor in it. Well, about the other I mean, half of the time when she does get paid for it? Well, I mean, I had to, you know, make her take money for it because what happens is, is she gets sick doing it. And then she can't function for two or three days. And I said, you know, she used to get like, she finally started charging like $25 to do a reading for somebody, which I thought was a fair amount. Um, because again, like I say, she could do five readings and be fine. She could do that six reading and be in bed for two days and not be able to get out of bed. And I said, you know, people have to understand that it's like anything else. You are using your body resources to do this. It's work. You are working and you're giving a service to somebody, particularly if you're giving them information that is ringing home with them. And there's, I don't have any issue with people charging for that service. It's just like going to a doctor or going to anything else, you know, getting your lawn mowed. Someone does a service for you, you pay them for the service. Now, I agree that paying someone, you know, a thousand dollars for a reading 
like a certain dead psychic we know about used to do. Um, I, I'm an, I think that's ridiculous. But I think if you charge a fair fee for the time you spend with somebody, I don't have any issue with that if you're genuine. Um, but she had trouble. She felt like she shouldn't charge people because she felt it was a gift and she shouldn't charge and anything or anything else. Um, and so she may be charged in the course of two and a half years. I maybe saw her charge maybe 10 people. The rest of the time, she just told people stuff. Did it for free. Chris? I was just checking out to see if we had any more questions here. Um... Okay, here's one from Polterwurst, who's one of our active members on the Paracast forum at forum.theparacast.com. And he asks, and I, I think this is a, a, we've touched on this a little bit, um, and since we're talking about mediums, this might be a good time to throw this question in. Do you think haunting phenomena might be caused by something called disincarnate consciousness? If so, what do you say to researchers who think that the only way to detect consciousness might be consciousness itself? like a, a psychic or a medium or the perceptions and feelings of the researchers themselves. And that technical equipment is basically useless. I, I think you've, you've demonstrated that, that we're actually making strides with the technical equipment, but right. what, what about this whole idea of only consciousness can detect consciousness? Well, see, here's the thing. Okay. Let me put up my hand here. That's a good start anyway. Don't you think that's a good point for a cliffhanger. One of the famous, Paracast cliffhangers where you have to wait for the announcements to hear the answer from our guest, David Roundtree. So stay with us. We have just one segment left for this episode. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. First game, Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. That's the sound of a 44 Magnum and Trauma Max. A high-tech hybrid Kevlar bulletproof vest from InfidelBodyArmor.com will stop it and most pistol rounds. Trauma Max is a major breakthrough in pistol-rated body armor. And prices start at just $170 per insert. More protection, more stopping power, more mobility. And it weighs less than 5 pounds. Get details at InfidelBodyArmor.com. That's I-N-F-I-D-E-L BodyArmor.com. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. 
We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, one more segment with David Roundtree. And we had one more question from our audience. Christopher posed the question, and David will answer the question. David. Yeah, if we can hear it, feel it, touch it, taste it, smell it, or experience it in any way, it has to follow the laws of physics, okay? No feathery realms, none of that other stuff. It has to follow the laws of physics or we wouldn't experience it, period. Everything leaves a marker. Everything, the consciousness, what is the consciousness? First of all, we have to define what that is. What is the consciousness? Well, it's got to be some kind of energy. It has to be. As such, it's detectable. If we can detect it, then maybe we can get a little more finite answer to this question. Um, We're certainly making strides along that path by developing equipment specifically to look for these signatures. And we have found signatures that are very tantalizing, look almost like a biofield-type construct in in the way that they propagate. So do I believe it takes consciousness to detect consciousness? I think maybe that's a subjective statement. I think... I couldn't answer that part of it. Do I think technology can measure it? Yes, I do. Um, Not only do I think technology can measure it, I think we're getting very close to measuring it. And that being the case, 
we would be able to define these terms a little bit better in order to answer that question. Because really, to answer that question right now would require a certain amount of speculation. Do we all agree on that? Hello? (laughs) I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally feel we would have to do some speculating on the final outcome of that to answer that question properly. I believe technology will be able to document and measure it. That's what I believe. Do I believe the consciousness could detect the consciousness? Certainly. We see that in the form of mediumship and everything else. I think it's going to take both of these things married together to offer the final proof of the pudding. Hmm. Good point. And uh, and then maybe we can uh, approach uh, the Randy Foundation and get that million dollars. I don't think <laughs> there's never. any chance that he'll ever pay. No, he will never pay it because he's a professional skeptic. He will never believe a paranormal event occurred if one sucked him away to another dimension. Well, you, not careful using the word suck and Randy in the same sentence. Oh, please. Uh, well, you know. The point being here is that he's getting on a little bit in years. And there isn't a lot of time. Yep. And I don't believe that it will ever occur that he would pay out. Because he would always say, well, I can reproduce this, and he could bring in all this different expensive equipment and do a magician's trick and do that. And say, therefore, if I can create it, it's not paranormal. However, sans all the equipment he brings in, the effect occurs. How does he explain it? Yeah, good point. And that's my point. You know, that's my point. Sure, you can reproduce anything. In this day and time. However, if you take all the things away that reproduce it and you have it, well, common sense tells you that there's something else going on there. And understanding what's going on, I believe, is more important than trying to disprove it going on. Sure, you have to debunk everything. You know, you, you have to take things apart. You have to debunk them. But on the other hand, you also have to do it objectively. You have to look at it objectively, and you also have to have an open mind and not be convinced of the outcome. No. Well, yeah, you I don't think want to prejudge, but the question I would have, and this is the final segment of the show, folks, and that is, what's the long-term plan, the end game? Where do we take this to get more acceptance from scientists? You're trying to measure everything, quantify it. Where do we take that? You know, these are good questions. You guys ask good questions. That's correct. Um, The end game for me would be to have science establish a legitimate investigation into this stuff, to investigate the unexplained instead of explaining the uninvestigated. That would be my end game. If I could get science to seriously look at it again and to seriously take things into consideration. That would be my end game. That would be my perfect end game. If science tomorrow would, would come and say, okay, we're going to just throw everything we've got at this, try to understand it, I would retire because I would have done my job. What do you think you have to do, David Roundtree, to make more scientists become interested enough to take over the research? Convince someone that there's something there that they can't explain under the current uh, situation. And, and replicate you know, we, data, too, ideally. Yeah, exactly. And, and to get more and more people to sit there and say, 
yeah, I got this result too, or yeah, this is that, or, or to at least come up with a plausible explanation for it that's, you know, believable and viable and provable. That would be, that would be my thought. All right. You have a regular day job. Yes. I you do. go there every day or whatever. What do your yeah. colleagues think about what you're doing? Um, they think it's pretty cool, actually. They do. They uh, they talk to me about all sorts of things, about personal experiences. They tell me friends they know that have weird stuff going on in their homes. Um, they they actually literally uh, think it's kind of, I mean, I'm kind of a, uh, you know, the entertainment factor at Artie kind of thing, you know? <laughs> Uh, oh, here's Dave. He he's a ghost hunter. You know, it's like no, I'm a truth hunter. You get that a lot too. But uh, um, yeah, I mean they they uh, take it in stride. I mean it, it, it's it's a positive thing. It's a good thing. You don't have people laughing at you behind your back and saying, "Ah, he runs after ghosts." Look at that, huh? No, because see, what happens is they'll come and they'll ask me a question to try to like uh, make a an, a fool of me or something. And they're not quite prepared for the answer that they get or continue to get or continue to get. And it's like, if you don't do the work, it's kind of hard to discuss something that you're trying to make fun of if you aren't fully armed to discuss it. (laughs) So the advantages is when you do the work, you don't need to be prepared because you've done the work. You know what you're defending. And you can throw it at them and say, well, then explain blah, 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 blah. And they just kind of walk away and they don't talk to you anymore. One way to lose friends and not influence people. But isn't that the way of a lot of skeptics where you present facts to them and they ignore you, repeat their mantra, and it goes on and on. Of course, this happens in politics, too. So we're getting nowhere with this. David Roundtree, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you work on. Well, we have a website, www.spinvestigations. That's spinvestigations.org. It's, it's, you know, all one word, spinvestigations. Um, We have uh, a little tutorial there on quantum mechanics. As it relates to paranormal effects, we have uh, a research section. We have an equipment section about stuff we're building and why we built it and what it does. And and different stuff like that, and uh, some theories, and some other just neat information in there. Um, it's a good place to go. Also, my book's available there, Paranormal Technology, Understanding the Science of Ghost Hunting, um, which is becoming quickly the field manual for people who are doing paranormal uh, investigating to understand how their equipment works, what it measures, how to use it properly, that sort of stuff. And uh, I've got a huge presence on Facebook. You can Google me. There's probably maybe 60,000, 70,000 entries in Google, maybe, something like that. My name and paranormal and God's stuff comes up. You know, have fun. They look at me, they look at Wacko. Look at Wacko and you find Gene Steinberg. I'm kidding. Chris O'Brien is hard at work <laughs> wrapping up Stalking the Herd. We have this site called stalkingtheherd.com, which is right now pointing to his main site, ourstrangeplanet.com. But once the book is out, he'll tailor that and give you more information and updates about his book. You can also find us on Facebook. There are two Paracast fan clubs, 
And someday there will be one when we figure out how to do that with the same account. We're also known on Twitter as The Paracast, or if you go to theparacast.com, you can download each and every episode of the show all the way back to 2006. How about that? David Roundtree, thanks for joining us this week on The Paracast. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure, and you guys have the best questions, man. The best. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>